0: Welcome to the Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Cheryl Lang, and I had the pleasure of having Dr. Kelly Stevens back in the recording studio again. And what a fascinating topic we talked about. He jumps right into the rather surprising idea of giving our children the gift of failure and why we might want to do that. He makes an interesting case for the benefits and how our children miss out when failure is an unknown in their childhood. Dr. Kelly just had so much to say that I had to split this into two episodes, so we'll finish up next time. Oh, by the way, he mentioned several books, and I will list them for you later. And before we start, there was an audio tech glitch, and Kelly comes through very clearly, but my voice is kind of muffled. But I definitely wanted to get this information into your hands, so thank you for bearing with us. So get ready to have your comfortable parenting cage rattled a little bit, exploring the gift of failure. Again, welcome Dr. Kelly Stevens to the Parenting Podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me again. Gosh, it is great to be back.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's good. I always look forward to this. All right. Because the subject that we're going to talk about is something I really care about. Okay. Kelly, one time you mentioned in all our conversations, Mm -hmm. you said something about the gift of failure. Yes. And Mm -hmm. that just stuck with me. So I want to ask you. Tell me what you were talking about.
1: Well, The Gift of Failure is a book by Jessica oh. Leahy. It is a nice summary of a well-processed uh, version of a parenting style that uh-huh. I've believed in for a long time since I became a parent. In fact, really going back... yeah. I became interested in parenting which really was not a verb I mean parent everything's adulting parenting whatever uh now but I I when I became a parent I became interested in parenting and I would notice in my office uh patients that were particularly nice um kids that were polite, things like that. Uh-huh. Old, older kids, often like teenagers. And I had little kids. And I would be like, what did you do to make your kids wow. be like this? How How did you do this? Well, one of the people I asked was a lady named Barbara Coloroso. And i it very fortunate to have her children as, as uh-huh. patients. Um, and she had happened to write a book um, that was an earlier version of the gift of failure. One of the chapters in her book was how to get your kid out of jail. Wow. Uh, Yes. And it was a a lot of ideas that things aren't going to be perfect. Be ready for those things. Like we talked about the low expectations, but also your kids are going to learn from making mistakes Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. that
1: as parents, We should allow them to make mistakes, letting kids mess up. So when the gift of failure came out and I heard Jessica Leahy be interviewed,
0: Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. I got the book very quickly and read it.
0: Tell us more about it. Expand it for us.
1: So the main main points are we have forgotten to let our kids have problems. Mm -hmm. We are making life so smooth, making the road so smooth. We've talked about it. We're paving the road. We're preparing the road for the child rather than the child for the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we're wondering why our children can't handle a rough road after they leave our homes. Oh. Another book that was in this same vein is called How to Raise an Adult. It was written by um, Julie Lithcott Hames, but she was the freshman dean at Stanford And she started seeing kids come in that couldn't negotiate their dorm, uh, getting things up to their dorm, didn't know how to ask people questions or ask directions because they had been sheltered so much.
0: So, Callie, how do you think our culture got here? We're talking about the general American population. She's dean at Stanford. You know, get into Stanford by being a c-minus student
1: no and so and a lot of people have spent their time practicing the things playing the game of school so that they can Uh, get into stanford as opposed to risking any grade that was other than an a plus and uh, taking any class that wasn't an ap class um that might challenge them they need to get the perfect grades so they can get to the college. The trouble is by the time they get to the college, they've played the game so much and then they don't know how to play it anymore. So as a parent, we need to let our kids try things and fail. We need to let them make poor decisions as long as the consequences aren't illegal, immoral, life-threatening, or terribly expensive. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. Brushing
1: teeth being in that one. But I'm not going to let them drown or get hit by a car. I did, but I might let them get cold or hungry or tired. And uh, because they chose something that I wouldn't have recommended.
0: This is so good. So uh, let's break this down because if I were listening to you, I would go, wow, I really want that. Can you put some more feet to that? How would I let my children fail? Let them have opportunities to fail. Can you slow down and stay more like on a um, daily basis? So
1: like on a playground, playground. like, right. like mm-hmm. letting your kids go somewhere and just play, not to soccer practice or basketball practice or basketball game or ballet class or mm-hmm. whatever, but just go play. Some of the best birthday parties I've been to with my grandchildren have been very free form Uh, A backyard with some different things in it, but nothing specific. No, we're not bowling. We're not playing basketball. And then all these kids run around and go from one thing to another. And one of these parties actually had a campfire. Oh, my gosh. All the dangers there. We have become a culture of safetyism, and we are not letting our kids get in any dangerous situation. And
0: Okay. Now, but I got to stop there. Parents are saying, "Let my kids be in danger." Yes. Fight that force. Tell okay, us. Okay. Again. About. But because I love this, you you L- talked about just a birthday party, not curated. Yes. But let children just be children.
1: Well, and I think part of it is we go back to our our grade as parents, our Yelp yeah. parenting, and it's like, well, if you don't have it all planned, if it's not Pinterest perfect. But, you know, they're going to talk bad about the birthday. And it's like, no, they had, the kids had more fun. And who really was the birthday party for? It was for this child and his friends. And they all had a great time. And really and truly, the parents had a great time because they saw their children having a great time.
0: Enjoying themselves. So love what you're doing because it's not just in the performance area of school or sports yes. or music or something like that, you're saying this permeates even the areas of play and daily life for young children.
1: Right. And as I said, parenting became a verb sometime in the 70s or uh-huh. 80s. Uh, it used to be you were a parent. And then what you did, I mean, nobody defined that as parenting. Yeah, But once you said... Uh, it it was a verb, then that meant you had to do something. (laughs) And unfortunately, now we do too much Uh for our kids. We curate activities. We have plans. We have soccer practice, basketball practice, and we've actually overscheduled our kids. We don't give them downtime. And we, as the parents of today, feel amongst themselves like they're all failing As we talked before, because if their kids aren't in this sport, they may not be good at it later. And it's like, I'm trying to say, let them play. Just let them kick a soccer ball. They don't have to have a team they're on. Let them shoot hoops in the yard. If they like basketball enough, they'll be shooting hoops till midnight until you make them come in.
0: Kelly, I'm really tracking with you. I agree with this because I see a big shift from when I was a child. Oh, yeah. And the interesting thing is, what I have seen and see, I agree this as a medical mm-hmm. professional, I have seen big decline. Yes. They yeah. Kids, yes. they could do so many things. They weren't as
1: anxious. <laughs> I was going to
0: say the other thing. There, there wasn't an anxiety. Now, we're not talking about everyone's life was perfect. Right. But I'm talking about across the population, I about the general American population
1: but the problem today, as a rule, you don't see parents letting their children risk failure, risk oh. maybe injury, and you might even get some negative feedback from friends or, or authority figures if you let your children ride their bike to 7 and get a slushie or let them walk to school uh, you know, and it's like we have become again a culture of safetyism that is worried about things that really don't need to be worried about, and that we're going to let a child get beyond an age where they take appropriate risks and find out safely the consequences of climbing one limb too high in the tree. And maybe they fall, but they learn a big lesson. But they're not trying something much more dangerous when they're 16 or 18 because they never tried anything and failed early in life. So one of the things I was recently reading talked about, there's this window of opportunity for kids to take risks. Really? Yeah. And learn how to learn from those risks, physical risks, like playgrounds that have Anything other than a sanitary uh, climbing board and a slide, uh, and they they miss the opportunity to learn to take risks like they miss the opportunity perhaps to learn a, a language wow. at a certain age.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So letting kids have risks that are appropriate for their ages with observation but not necessarily participation by the parents can be. Just completely life-changing in a positive way. Um, And if we don't let them have this, then as they get older, they'll either become more anxious because they could get hurt or they've never practiced climbing a ladder, climbing a tree, Mm -hmm. uh, running in the mud. Um,
0: Or you might get a lot of pushback if you have a parenting podcast. Right. (laughs) Or
1: you put all those things at the end that (laughs) say that anything I say is... (laughs) Drop anybody's responsibility. Oh goodness.
0: And when Kelly, no. We have got a lot of the parents' warning flags way up. Oh yeah. But you're not saying no. not live dangerously, but you're you're saying no. let your kids fail. And you're talking earlier when they're little, particularly physical things. Yes. And so you said some of your uh warnings or advice was to have appropriate risk. Yes. And then that we're observation. So you're not saying let your kids go and just run amok. No. You're saying this is actually probably a really high level of active, engaged parenting. Yes. It's just having a different mindset. It definitely. It's curated protection.
1: Yes, you're right. In fact, that's in the book was that what she calls um, autonomy, supportive parenting rather than wow. dependent parenting. So, autonomy supportive parenting is not permissive parenting. It's not like just go out and have fun and hope you don't get hurt. But it's like, do th- I want to go to the store and it's like, all right, I'm going to make sure that you have the skills to do that, at least the basics, and then go try and see what happens if you go to the store. I want you to be able to walk down the street to On-Q and and transact some financial thing there with somebody you don't know is very uncomfortable we're going to try to make your life more uncomfortable i will i will tell you one, one thing that my daughter child, taught me and she was uh probably 13 when she came up to me and my wife and said you have never given us any hardship Wow, I mean, she was doing some mission work and different things and going on mission trips with me even around that age and going to the Hope Center and things. She saw there was another side of life rather yes. than the sanitized Edmund doctor, married couple living nice. Mm-hmm. And so she recognized the benefit of of problems and hardship in terms of growing up. She had friends who'd had hardship. I think it was really Leanne Rimes, the country singer. Her oh, life story was something about having hardship. And my right. daughter was pretty sure that if she'd had hardship, she would be a famous country singer too. Oh, but the wisdom of those words was it you know, rang true with me, and I still think about it. Letting kids have some hardship. That's basically what this means.
0: This is really good. Everybody mm-hmm. understands the objective idea, for example. The reason that you work with weights and weight resistance,
1: and mm-hmm. everybody
0: knows if everybody stays with a one-pound weight, the your muscles You're right. are going to grow. Right. And so we understand that in that area, but it's really scary. When you it's... take parents, they're invested, love their children. Oh, yes. This idea of resistance training yes. from the ground up with our kids and that your daughter recognized it because she had been exposed to people who they, she saw these qualities she yes saw the, um, difficulties in their life and she goes i'm not benefiting from that right
1: and and yeah she saw the potential benefits in those and i mean as you know i mean there's hardship all over the place in a lot of lives but the idea of being privileged or being able to live in a nice community or in a nice house. And most of my patient population live that way. And so instead of them hauling buckets of water from the river, they need to actually find some hardship in their lives. They need to see it in other lives. They need to appreciate that their life isn't that hard. And then begin the process of making some things maybe more difficult when they could make them easier. It's the take the stairs instead of the elevator uh, or walk instead of driving your car, ride your bike instead of driving a car, that you can create some discomfort in your life in a positive way.
0: Oh, Kelly, I had people tell me they were kind of envious Because my kids had to work hard, and they had a challenge, and they said, we don't know how to do it. Their lives was too curated. Right. Kelly, you said autonomy, parenting.
1: Autonomy, supportive parenting.
0: Autonomy, supportive parenting. Okay, so what do you mean? What do you mean by autonomy?
1: Autonomy means you're making your own decisions uh, with expectations from other people. But then say you're given a problem, but you're not given the solution to the problem. So as a, as a parent, you're giving them a chore or an expectation of doing something and then letting the child figure out how to solve that problem. Wow. And you're there to guide them if needed. You're there to not guide them uh-huh. if they think uh-huh. they need you, but they really are so close to the answer. You just need to stay Back, mm-hmm. supportive, present, but not involved. That's and I mean, it's so hard to be there and not want to fix the problem.
0: Absolutely.
1: That's one of the take home messages that I got from The Gift of Failure is one of the big reasons that we don't let our kids, for instance, do laundry is they're not going to do it right. Yeah. And it's, Absolutely. and her point is teach them to do it. They're not going to fold the towels the way I fold the towels. Teach them to do it. Or, Realize there are other ways that towels can be folded. And maybe you're talking to a three-year-old. That's their job. But how many parents today, I didn't really make sure that my kids had that many chores. We've talked about the roadmap of life. And it's like a lot of that would include responsibilities. And it would be interesting to go back and plan ahead some of those things and say at these ages, you get to do these things. And in the middle of the book, How to Raise an Adult, she has really nicely set out responsibilities that are fairly age appropriate. But as a parent, letting the kids do those things and fail at them and mess up some stuff, you might shrink that that was something you shouldn't have put in the dryer. You learn to read this tag on this piece of clothing or whatever, and you're risking your shirt or your Yoga pants or whatever.
0: Isn't it interesting? So, what would you say? Are the the reason is parents aren't doing what you just talked about?
1: It's hard. It is actually harder in the moment to stand back and and watch your kid fail and watch them try and have problems, knowing you could fix the problem for them. Yes. Knowing that the problem might cost you something. But, and so it's just easier to just do it for them.
0: Uh, It is is a lot easier. Um, And that is one area where I think for a lot of reasons, Bill and I uh, equipped our kids because they did do a lot of chores and they did work hard. But what someone that was wise in my life said, if you're going to let them do that, there's great benefits, but you're going to have to have a lot of broken plates. Yes. You know, and shrunk clothes. Yes. And you can't curate it all if you're going to allow for the gift of failure. Yes. For the learning. And I think it's fear, Kelly. They're afraid about that you're going to not do it right.
1: What other people are going to think about. Right. Your kids don't have to work. You have plenty of money. Why do you make them get a job? Why did you make them pay their own car insurance? Why all, All these things that come as they're older. If you've worked up to those things, then that's not a big problem. But if all of a sudden you dump that on a kid who's had privilege all their life and people have done stuff for them, I want them to fail under my roof.
0: Oh, I just hate to have to cut down and stop this conversation right here. But time is forcing me to do it. But we will continue next week. So, parents, even when dealing with failure, Hang in there. Keep loving. Keep persevering. Because it's worth it. I found this a challenging, but such an interesting topic. And I particularly liked it when Kelly said, We don't want to prepare the road for the child, but the child for the road. This idea of walking alongside our children while they're still at home and proactively helping them learn from challenge and failure. Okay, so what's one time you grew or you've seen your children grow when failure was involved? We'd like to hear from you. Text us at contact at com. DM us on social media or go to our website. Oh, two of the books that Dr. Kelly mentions are The Gift of Failure by Jessica Leahy and How to Raise an Adult by Julie Lithgow Haynes. Don't forget to come back next time on The Parenting Podcast when we continue exploring and developing this, not always wanted, but I'm convinced, very helpful tool for our children. Dr. Stevens' portion of this podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of the information from Dr. Stevens' portion of this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of Dr. Stevens' portion of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.